Hello, this is HM505 from Chicago, and you're listening to the Decisive Podcast Special with your host, Roberto Q. Ingram. Get it up, get it up, get it up, get it up. Yo, 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 yo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Decisive Live. Decisive Live, what the heck is that? Well, I have invited musicians that grab their machines for one day gives us 60 minutes of live performance with only the machines and the individual and they give us the outcome exclusive right here today march 28th 2019 Decisive of live with mr 505 aka hakim murphy straight out of chicago oh yes it's been a long time coming and today is that day we will also dig down deep into his psyche to find out just about everything that makes him tick and what keeps him relevant to this day. Uh, lots of releases coming out from this gentleman and uh, he will explain all of that to you in our interview today and then we will again listen to his live performance and it will also be placed on SoundCloud on the weekend so uh, you can listen to the music in its entirety without any interruptions at all don't forget to go to our facebook group and join make sure you will get yourself updated for all the upcoming events and good fun stuff being posted don't forget to also go to instagram where we now finally have an instagram page which is supposed to be the coolest uh, social network media around for the last couple of years and we are now there and uh podomatic as well and uh, we're also on itunes an iTunes lover, go there and, and grab it. Um, we would love to um hear from you. With that said, let's get on with the decisive live with HM505, aka Hakim Murphy, Chicago native. How you been doing? And uh, welcome to the program, man. I'm good, I've been good, just been grinding, grinding hard. Yeah. Well, it's been a long time coming, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so welcome to the Decisive Live special. It's number 55, by the way. The double nickel? <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is uh, Decisive Live. You know, you might ask what that means. Basically, um, you know, normally I have my podcast consists of DJs. And, and I decided to add on this uh, approach to maybe possibly having people that are musicians that are doing live things and uh, prefer to do so. So I said, ah, let me add on another uh, episode and see if uh, see if it'll take off. And uh, so far, it's been quite a success. Um, and today, we have you, of course. Nice. So, man, it's, we, we met... A while back at uh, the lovely free rotation, right? Yeah, I think 2013 or 14, one of them. You was, was back. In, you was back in Chicago then, right? Yeah, yeah. I was coming back and forth. I was coming back and forth between Europe and uh, America, United States. Ch- Chicago native or what? Nah, I was born in New Jersey. New Jersey, but I, but I, but I, grew, but I grew up in um, in Chicago since, since I was 12. Right outside Chicago. Oh, okay. And now, uh, now you residing in Germany, or? Yeah, yeah, I live here now. <laughs> Where and why? <laughs> uh, um, Europe. A woman. Break, <laughs> break it down to us. What? 
What happened? Yeah, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, a uh, lady friend, and we made a family. And then I live in, I live in Essen, and North Rhine, North Rhine, North Rhine, West Baller. Mm. Happy North, father, North huh? Rhine, West Baller, yeah. Proud, proud father, or? Yeah, yeah, of course. My son is about to be two soon in May. So I'm here and making it, trying to make it work. It's interesting. What is, what, what's Superfly's name? <laughs> His name is Kuze. Kuze, nice. Kuze. His name nice. is Kuze. Very unique, man. Where'd yeah, you, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you, how'd you find this name? Oh no, his mother's Turkish. All right, so, right on. The Turkish name. So that's how we, I, we wanted to give him a Turkish first name. His middle name is Pierre, so just gave him a French middle name. So I see, I see you still laying down the music, but it's been a while. So. Uh... Oh yeah, I'm still, I'm still active. I mean, it's not like I stopped. But I mean, you know, I gotta spend time with the family. I gotta take care, take care of the son. So, where have you been most active? Where, where have you been most active with the, with the music lately? I know that you have to, yeah, family first and uh, step back. On um, it's a, it's a hard I mean, ba- it's a hard balance, isn't it? Yes, it is. The random random gigs that I get, then I work part time job too as well. So that also uh, cuts into time. Mm-hmm. But it gigs and then you know i decided recently to do like to do a couple projects that i need to do but i really had the bug only for like the past like two months like for the whole year and so it's been uh very slow basically very slow do you do you find that frustrating or do you find that a, a blessing in disguise um, it's, it's both because it's frustrating because you want to do well, when you want to lay down something, mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, you refresh your your energies and you know you make a di- create a different approach to how you was making music. And you know it had gave you time to, to make some new ideas for how I wanted to to write music or what kind of music I wanted to write, for instance. Or I had a new idea. I wanted to make a, a live show with no pre-recorded patterns, keyboard mm-hmm. and a drum machine. I wanted to do that too. So that's one of my goals for the future. Does, it, does that uh, does that mean you spend a lot of time in manuals? No, no, no. no. Or you just uh, no, you just get on you just get on the box and start wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Oh no! I'll read the manual to learn how to use the machine. But I mean, I'm using some some basic drum machines. Uh huh. Um, why don't you tell us a little history uh, behind this addiction you have with music? <laughs> I think it started when um, when I was a when I was a shorty man in New Jersey. I mean, like uh, my, my my parents used to play music, and I remember hearing the first time hearing uh, P Funk Funkadelic. Oh boy. oh boy! Oh boy! Hearing the synthesizer, it's like, what is that? What is that synthesizer sound? Oh boy! The one key parts, but then you know, I grew up with the hip hop era and listened to like Dougie Fresh and Run DMC. <laughs> Dougie Fresh, I love Dougie Fresh. Oh no! So I listened to all these dudes. So I was into hip hop, and then I started listening to hip hop really when the, the South became popular, like Juvenile and. Cash Money Millionaire, the sound changed and I really didn't like it so much. Oh, really? But then also at the time, um, discovering, uh, like, I was, I started dancing when I was in, uh, like, eighth grade or freshman year. 
for uh, like in Chicago doing like footwork. So it's a, you know dance mania, juke tracks. So I was all into that stuff. Tell me a little so, about. Tell me a little bit about the dance footstep. You said footwork. What is this? Yeah, footwork. Now they call it juke, mm-hmm. but before it was called footwork. And then it was just basically just dancing to those dance mania records. They were like uh, mostly like kind of techno-ish, but with some okay. like. It was still funky, but fast. Yeah, 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 but with some, with some, most of the time, sometimes it has some uh, inappropriate lyrics. Right. Everybody, I think a lot of people familiar with the DJ Dion. Yeah, yeah. They slow goes. Mm-hmm. So, so it is, this was the music I was into. Mm-hmm. And then I, then, I, then I discovered disco afterwards. So I listened to disco. Then I discovered, but, but plus the disco dubs of the people in Chicago making like disco tracks. Uh huh. What, what year was this about? This is like mid nineties. Mid nineties. Mid nineties. I started in the, in the early nineties, yeah. but in the mid nineties, I really started getting to this disco dub, like the French, the French house and like DJ Sneak kind of stuff. That was getting to that. Then later, and then the next phase is like deep house. I started getting to that, and then I got into the acid house afterwards. I started listening to acid house, but it was always house music. I always considered it house music. So it was always house music to me. Even the beat tracks, all that stuff. Just can, house you, music. can you remember your favorite acid track? Hmm. It's a lot, but uh, I don't know if I can remember it offhand. I'm trying to think. It's when, um, hmm. no, I can't remember my favorite Adonis? acid track. <laughs> no, no Adonis got some, some good acid tracks, but it was, um, it was the future, I think. It was from, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't forget his name already. Now, what label? Tra- uh, he was, he's from Chicago. He was, they call him like the father at the house. There was his group. Good question. He was his group. It was called um, Future. Yeah, but Future, Future was the group. But I forget the people inside the group. But he's been famous though. The people in the group and one still still gigging him, still gigging today over at uh, over off that at the house record. You, I see you doing uh, production work and it's done pretty much on a minimal of instruments. Tell me the basis um, behind this and and its, and its importance, should I say? Well, I, I mean, if you want to do it, in my opinion, I mean, I try to do a live show with a drum machine from the side of the set without a computer. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the thing. So you need to, you know, travel with it. I can't take a whole, I can't take a whole uh, studio with me. So basically, and plus you need to learn how to use your particular instruments to the best of their capabilities. So therefore, sometimes it's a, it takes discipline to make something sound good with only two elements. Wow. Three elements. And so that's why I did that. And what are those weapons of choice? Usually, re- recently it's been an MPC 1000 and then either a drum machine or synthesizer to go with it. And usually use the vocals recently. Uh, the chaos pads, sometimes I use that. Mm-hmm. But when I do like a, a micro chord, I usually use the chaos pad and the drum machine. And I go everything filtering through the chaos pad. And then where I can sample that, and that gives me more leeway to do stuff, to change up sounds and stuff, and have it still playing without sounding too boring. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't hear any synth. I didn't hear any synths in that setup. Oh, no, there was no synth okay. in that setup. That setup was no sense in that setup. So it was it, sample. It was all sample with the MPC. Okay. okay. Yeah, no, but yeah, I, I, other times that's a different type, of, different thing. That takes more. That takes more. Uh, more prep time to do that. 
have to practice more often. I don't have the time to do it. That's why I wanted to do, I wanted to practice more so I can do that. So that's what my goal is. We, we had a reason why I asked because I know you fundamentally enjoy rhythms, uh, harmonies, and melodies. So um, is is that your base? Is that how you attack music? I attack music by uh, idea. So, you know, you get, you get uh, I guess you get an idea going, like a groove. Yeah, I, I get a groove going and then and then I arrange it after I finish getting the groove going I arrange it is that normally a 16 bar uh, 32 bar what no it could be anything from 1 bar to okay, cool. 8 bars mm-hmm. usually no 16 bars is too long okay. I mean okay. I mean you can do it but it's just too long of an idea okay, okay. and but you're flesh out I mean it's possible but I, I find it too tedious 4 bars is probably, 8 bars is probably the longest so what is it about music that drives you and your interests the most, uh, should I say? Rhythms? Uh, and harmonies and melodies, you mean? Yes. Harmonies and melodies. Harmonies um, and melodies. You seem to be very focused on that. I mean, that's, a, that's the basic in music, you know? Rhythm, harmony, and melody. Personally, melody and rhythm go together, of course. And then harmony goes with the melody, which all goes together for the, the rhythm. I mean, and like minimal techno is like a... A rhythm, just a groove, but no, maybe a melody, but no harmonies. But I like, I don't know, music is not complete without having all three elements in it. Even, even if there's no drums, you still need a harmony, melody, and a rhythm. Something. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's a soul. I think that's the soul of the music. Actually. Is the harmonies. And all of it together. All the, the all together. All the, all, the, all the elements above. Okay. All the elements together make, make you a complete thing. It's like when you have a man and woman get together and have a baby. That when it all comes together, it's complete, you know. And what do you consider a good harmony? Um, and how do you get to that? That like that harmony in in the in the in the set in those few instruments that you have. NPC, NPC. Oh, the NPC is a sampler too, so you can just play play whatever you want and sample it into it. And that's how and build your idea from there. So that's how I get. That's how I get in those things. Just getting those. But as as far as building a harmony, it's like you know. First, I think first thing you should do is play a melody or a bass line. Melody or a melody bass line, and then from there put the harmony into it. Or play a bass. Or play a melody and play a bass line and play the harmony. I mean, you could play the harmony first if you if you hear something, but it, it's probably easier. To play it, to play it last thing that she did, you know, okay. get the, build so, around the melody because the melody is like the most important part of it. Even, even if it's the bass melody, that's the most important part because that's what the basis of the song is, the idea. The harmony is just something extra for you to, uh, I'll say you, something extra for to embellish the track and bring out more of the uh, emotion. Okay, that takes me back to your earlier days of. I understand that you have a bachelor's degree in music composition. What is the most important thing that you've taken away from that schooling? Um, how to not get stuck creating To use the techniques that you use in order to, and to keep, continue to move forward. So, you know, you play a melody, you know how to harmonize the melody, and then you can go away from the rules, but you know what rules there are to harmonize the melody. You know, with chords, you know, you know, keys, you know, you know, progression. So this is this what helps me to make music quickly. 
and I get stuck on the idea. I just go, I think about it. So I don't like the way that sounds. I'll play it again. I'll try a different idea, a different technique. I know the chords. I know what chords are key. I know when I'm out of key. So these kind of things. Mm-hmm. And you, you do you, you use this with electronic music? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and I see a lot of times, though, you're quite minimal as well, right? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of subtle, subtlety. Subtle. You know? Subtlety is like I use the acid line and then I'll just modulate it throughout the whole track. Every, every, so every 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 second of the of the acid line is a different type of sound, mostly. So these kind of things that I do. Or play some keys. Yeah, I play like a similar thing. We'll leave a couple of notes out here and there. We'll play like a melody. So these kind of things make us make us make it minimal sounding. But there's lots of stuff going on, but just not so directly in your face. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where did you obtain this uh, bachelor's degree? What school? Uh, Columbia College, Chicago. Is it popular? A popular uh, schooling? Yeah, it's mostly a film school. All right. Okay. It's a liberal arts college. It's a film school, so people like to do who did Samurai Jack went there. A lot of film producers go there. It had a big jazz, a jazz school, had a dance school. Of course, it had management, audio engineering, um, regular art degrees, drawing or whatever, these kind of things. But it's quite, this is way much and very expensive now. So, you, so was, I went there, it was like $5 a semester. Wow. Now it's like $20 a semester. It was like that. So this liberal this liberal arts training it taught you uh, human intelligence and nature, um, uh, or I mean, is that help you define your personal definition of art? Or yeah, no, it's just like it, it's, it's teaching about human intellect and so like like psychology, creativity, theories of personality, these kind of classes you can take. So all these philosophy classes, history classes, Russian history, or or European history, Mexican, Latin American history. So these things, so all these, all these classes, philosophy, psychology classes, all these classes, you gotta take some of these classes along with your major. So you learn all this stuff. And each class is like once a week, and you have to write a paper for most of these classes. And human, and, I, and human, intel, human intellect was your topic or major, right? Or, no, I was just something that I was just like enjoying about learning about it. learn about the the the, the, the artist's life, the okay. creative, the creators, right. the creators, all the creators that we learned about, all the the, the uh, societal stuff that we learned about. Mm-hmm. So I just put that all together for myself. Computer classes, how to use Photoshop, like so I got this big education of like uh, art training from there. Mm-hmm. Um. With all this training, um, you later on um, started your own labels, right? And those labels started in when? Um, they were late 90s as well, or? No, nah, I would say those were like in the mid 2000s. Mid 2000. Uh-huh. Mid to late 2000s, because I didn't have any money to start it until later. Like I started once, the Natchez Records started. And then later, when I got some more money, I decided to make Machine Dreams. The whole idea about Machine Dreams was called, was like a machining tunes from the ether. Just creating tunes. Mm. 
from nothing. So machining ideas into into reality. That was the whole idea about that. And I was just doing records for me and my friends, basically. That's how I was. I wasn't even taking demos for anybody or anything like that. Either I was doing records for myself or somebody that I knew that I liked their music. I was like, yeah, you want to do a record? And I was like, yeah. So that's how that worked out. And uh, are you still currently releasing music on them? Oh, Synapse, they, they're both kind of on hiatus, even okay. though I'm doing a, I'm doing a, doing a, a digital release album on Machine Dreams in the next couple weeks. And then um, for Synapses, I'm just waiting to get some more money up, and then I'll make another release for that. Make another release for that. What, what can we expect in the near future from you musically? Uh, you got any plans? Oh, I just got, I got a 12-inch coming out on Assemble Music from Portugal. So that should be in like three months or so. Then my friend in Grand Rapids, as you know, Miles. This, yep, Miles. Miles, he got a record label, so he's got a record on his label too. I think I heard it. I think he played gonna, it for me. That's going to be in the, I don't know when, maybe next year or, or in the fall, maybe. So it depends on what he decides, when he decides to do it. And then um, me and my other friend, we do a group called Dream Scoring. And we're in this, on this label called Shada. It's gonna be we're gonna release on that, but that's the only thing I got coming up at the moment. But the most recent thing is gonna be the digital release called Beastsmith for me. It's gonna be an LP. It's gonna be like nine tracks. When can we hear this? In a couple weeks. I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna make it band. I'm just gonna band camping for now. Oh, cool. Looking forward. I am very excited about what you've done with this episode and creating this live performance exclusively for us here at Decisive. Um, can you tell me your approach and what we can expect to hear? Well, I had to, I had to, I had to do a, uh, I had a recent show and I had to make us some new material, right? And it had to be an hour and a half that I had to do. So I sat down and I wrote like 10 or 12 new pieces or ideas that I could arrange out so that's what it comes down to. So what I wanted to do is I, was, I haven't been using acid bass, the vocal bass in a while. So I was like, I want to implement the vocal bass into this. So to make it to make it simple, I recorded some harmonies and melodies and some drums, and then I made the I had the bass line play separate so I can do it live, so I can have fun playing with the instruments. So that's how that, that's how that became a thing for 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 the podcast. So every every I try, every time I do a live show, I try to change the configuration of what I'm doing, how I'm doing it. Is that a, is that a tedious process? No, no, no. It's fun mostly. It's mostly fun. I mean, when you when you do an NPC, the way I, I, I label everything, so setting it up, it takes takes a while. You know, you gotta write it, and I I, I type in the bass and the kick drum and snare, so I know where it's where, set aside the one or melody or whatever. But I mean that's the tedious part. But after that, once you get it all, once you get it all mapped out, cross the sequences, it's very, it's fun to do. And I have a save that I can recall it anytime I want to and play that particular live set. So I have about five of those different types of live sets that I've done. The NPCs I've saved. How many live how many live uh, performances can you save? Um, you can save many. It depends. I got like a four gigabyte. Uh, a uh, card, a card, so you can save many. It depends on how big you make your sequences and stuff like that. How much sounds you use, how many samples you use. 
So if you just use a minimal of some like one hit drums and, and like four or five samples, you can get a, a, a good 16, 17 different ideas, 18, maybe 20 ideas onto a one session before you run out of space. Okay, awesome, man. I mean, I'm really proud that you uh, really uh, took the effort in your busy schedule. I know the kid keeps you busy and I uh, know that uh, um, um, we haven't spoken in a while and uh, to come, come with it, with a live performance is uh, for me. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that for us. So thanks a million, man. I appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Man. I love your artistry and much success in the future. And uh, let's stay in touch. Yeah, for sure. Again, thanks again and much success and look forward to hearing the new releases. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll make sure that you get to listen to them while I send them to you. So it's no problem. All right, with that said, let's listen in to Hakeem Murphy, a.k.a. HM505, Decisive Special Live number 55. Peace. Peace.